Hello, this is Brian Foster calling, coming with you with our regular programming on Sunday nights at uh, 8 p.m. real time, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific time. I can tell it's pretty hot here in Rio tonight. I hope everyone is having a great time. So, and today is Easter Sunday. What a wonderful day for us to give you a talk about Spiritism. And before I start, again, let me remind everybody, this is the book where it all started from, Alan Kardec, The Codifier of Spiritism in 1850s. I urgently recommend everybody to take a look at this book and get it in pdf you can go to my website nwspiritism.com and click on alan kardec's picture and it will take you to the edici bookstore i think you can buy this book this is for like nine dollars you can get it on amazon but i think it's more expensive you can also find it on pdf and also i would recommend everyone please at the end please share this video please tell about this video to your other friends Share it on other Facebook pages. Go to my site. And on my site, I also have links to my YouTube channel and my BitChute channel. Please subscribe to those channels. I have lots of YouTube uh, and uh, BitChute videos. In fact, this video will be uh, uploaded soon after this program tonight, probably tomorrow morning. It'll be uploaded on both channels. You can watch this whenever you want. You can share it with people. And I've also been doing uh, short little Spiritism Explored and Explained videos. So please uh, subscribe and uh, get your friends to look at it. You know, who knows? Someone may be open to Spiritism. You cannot believe how many people have emailed me and contacted me talking about Spiritism. Oh, and also I want to say, uh, oh, a couple of people have gone on already. Uh, Betsy, oh, hi, for, oh, happy Easter. And Matthew, hello. And, oh, Chelsea from South Brazil. Okay, that's someone I hadn't seen before, I don't think. So that's wonderful. Um, talking about Brazil, I did notice that I've been seeing some uh, links to my website from a Brazilian uh, Estuda Esperita, and they've actually converted some of my articles into Portuguese, and then they come back and they reference my my website. So it's very interesting. Everything spreads, everything's put put together. Um, so, oh, and I see another message from, I'm listening to you from Manhattan. Oh, Betsy, oh, very good. And Hendrik, hello, hello to you. So we have a lot of people already on on this Easter. It's amazing. It's a blessed day. It's a wonderful day and a wonderful day of spiritism. So, and as I started last Sunday, we're talking about Spiritism 101. Now this book, you can get, if you go to my Facebook page, Spirit, uh, Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us, and you go to the file section, you can get this book on PDF. Also, uh, I know some people have been trying to contact me. My original iPhone died, so now I have a new phone number. I had to change the phone number too. So if you haven't been able to contact me by messaging, by uh, uh, text message or whatever, please go to my website, nwspiritism.com, hit the contact button, write me and say, hey, I can't get, get to you. Um, I'll give you my email address and my phone number. Um, so hopefully that, that could help right so i know some i've lost contacts so i just want to make sure that i would love to help and talk to anybody I, there's a whole raft of people that i talk to throughout the week and you know and and it's amazing people tell me things i didn't know and they help me learn too so we're all in here together it's, it's a wonderful thing so now kardec radio so before one more pitch, Kardec Radio Facebook page, which you're listening to now, it's live streaming. We also have Kardec Radio app for your Android or your uh, Apple phone. It's free. Tell your friends about it. We have people listen to my program, other programs, Spiritist programs, 24 hours a day. So let's get start started with the exciting aspect of Spiritism. Now, I went through the first two chapters on Spiritism 101. And again, if you contact me, you can't find the PDF, tell me and I'll send you the PDF uh, via emails. No, no big deal. Of course, you can find it on Kindle and other books. So chapter three of my book, Spiritism 101, is the triple aspect of Spiritism. And this is what is so good about Spiritism. And I also talk about it in my book, How to Live. 
Because Spiritism doesn't ask you to possess blind faith. In fact, it discourages it. According to Spiritism, miracles don't occur. All phenomena has an explanation. So, right now you ask, and I've seen, and actually I've seen people post this on some Facebook groups. It goes, well, don't believe anything about God because we have no scientific proof. And so the, and all you can answer is, do we have absolute proof that God or spirits exist? No. But Spiritism tells us that one day it shall occur. For Spiritism is not meant to be a fossilized dogma with unthinking adherence to whatever they say, but an ever-expanding pool of knowledge. In my, in my inner thoughts, I wanted to respond to that person and say, let's not believe anything unless it's scientifically proven, with, with the message that there's many things aren't scientifically proven. Spiritism even tells us our science is in its infancy. And the other thing I wanted to say is something happened to me that caused me to get into spiritism. And I've said this before on these programs, but my wife told me what was going on with the future. She actually did, did this for you know years before, and I, I never really listened. I didn't really believe it. They were, they were kind of general. But then she told me a year in advance something so specific would occur. I didn't believe it. I did not believe it at all. And when it happened, it completely threw me for a loop and it changed my whole worldview because if someone, because she had an NDE, if someone can tell you something in the future and it comes true, doesn't that mean everything different? And that's why I believe spiritism sends, the spirit world sends to each one of us some little thing of saying, well, you know, science doesn't say this, but this is what happened to me and it doesn't explain it, right? It's like, it's like a friend of mine, you know, he was driving along a road and I started talking about spiritism. He said, yeah, well, I, I kind of believe it because this is what he said. I was driving along a road and then my dad who had passed before, you know, years before, I could hear his voice say, slow down, slow down. And I slowed down and then a deer came right in front of the car and luckily I was alive, right? And I missed that deer because my dad told me. So, we all have things like that, or most of us do, or we know aunts or uncles or brothers and sisters with stories like that. And none of that is absolute proof by science today. So I just want to, so what I want to say in, in, in summary is use your own rational experiences, believe what your eyes and what your mind tells you, and then understand that our culture and our, our technology isn't as advanced as we think it is. It, it never is. And then think for yourself. Because the spiritism, the spirits tell us that the most important foundation we have is faith. And unless you really believe that on your own, not because I told you or someone else told you or said, go read that book, but you believe it to the depth of your heart, only then it's going to really cause you to go through what's really tough in this life. What's, what am I talking about? I'm talking about changing your personality, changing your character. That is a really hard job. That's why we're on earth, because we have things affect us all the time. So let me get back. I'm going off on a tangent. Let me get back to where I belong. So triple aspect of spiritism. What is the triple aspect? Religion, philosophy, and science. So knowledge that will be brought to us by our scientists in the spirit world and as we grow morally and technically more will be presented to us the spirit world has told us the old testament which seems cruel to a lot of people and even some of the parts of the new testament what they tell us is look the messages of love and caring and charity are eternal but a lot of the other messages were fitted to the technology and the culture at the time Jesus spoke in parables. He didn't say, look, you have karma and you have reincarnation. This, you know, this is what, you know, in this book, you'll read this. You'll, you'll say, okay, yes, there is reincarnation. There is karma. Every action, there is reaction. There's a lot more information. Why, why didn't Jesus present that to us in the New Testament? Because it would have just been rejected. It would have been too much. Instead, he spoke in parables. Very interesting. Now, people misinterpret a lot of that in parables. And in fact, that's why I love the book, The Gospel According to Spiritism, because I didn't understand the parables. So 
The main thing we, we should bring for this is Spiritism is a dynamic doctrine. It has three aspects that work together to provide the scaffolding which encompasses the ever-growing pool of knowledge. Now, we can all say, well, you know, science doesn't seem to be there yet. Yes, but let me get that first. So let's first talk about philosophy. The Spirit's book laid the foundation for the relationship between the spirit world and the physical world. The eternal questions of our creation, our creator, our destiny, our soul are all covered within Spiritism. Second is science. Now, as I said before, this is the area which has the most doubters. Rightly so, for nothing has been proven to date, really. Probably little things like, sure, you can quibble with what I just said. Modern society accepts people's belief in God, but only as a nod to those who need it. It's kind of like, okay, if you want to believe in God, yeah, if you need that crutch, hey, and I have to confess, I believe the same thing. I thought, well, if you believe in religion, you needed a crutch. Well, now I know that was completely wrong of me in that it's not I needed a crutch. I needed a portal. I needed a direction, a, a reason for why I needed to change myself. And spiritism brought me that reason because we're here on earth to change. So what is, but what's interesting with science is there's glimmers coming here. What is not in question is the groundswell of studies about near-death experiences, NDE. And that's why I've written two books on NDEs, because there's there people from all cultures, Buddhism, Islam, uh, Hinduism, and, and, you know, you know, and they all have similar experiences. How are all these people having similar experiences unless there's a, a world around that gives us these uh, similar experiences? So this has been very interesting. So the internet, there's good and bad things about the internet. This is one of the good things. It now allows people to compare their stories of premonition, talking with spirits and mediums who have knowledge about personal facts, which would be improbable for them to know. All of these, many of us are aware and comfortable that there is a world beyond our senses. And in fact, spiritism tells us we can only really detect one eighth of the world around us. So while others scoff as nonsense, any unexplainable event, we mark it down to one more data point that promotes our feeling that our knowledge is limited and there are many things that are unfathomable by science. So for now, Spiritism leads on the information provided by mediums throughout the world. Books such as the one psychographed by Chico Xavier are continually being created with the help of the spirit world. Books which little by little reveal more and more about the earth, our destiny, and the complex workings of the spirit realm, which looks over us, and which we shall return, which, as G. Val Owen said, and I re reference a lot of what he says in my uh, series of three books, Heaven and Below, the Spirit World, and this How the Spirits Guide Us, is over and over again, they are all, we are all embedded, we are all surrounded by spirits, we have, we are, the spirit world really is the real world. This is like a school that we're sent away to, to go to or a summer camp, however you want to view it. This is an educational experience. This isn't our real life. Our real life is beyond the veil. So, what's the third aspect? Is religion. Now, to be clear, Spiritism does not consider itself to be a religion. Spiritism is a doctrine, a way of life. There are no rites, there's no churches, there are temples, and no one who would function as a priest. If you go to a spiritist meeting, what they usually have, they have someone talk to a half hour or an hour, and then afterwards you'll get passes and you'll have uh, magnetized water. It's really, spiritism is is as it is in in brazil a lot of it is just giving you information for your own personal growth no one says okay if you don't come to our meetings we're going to excommunicate you right or if you don't give us money out the door no i've been coming to spiritist centers and i've never been uh you know i've been asked for voluntary uh, uh money but i've never been asked for anything right that i had to give it's all you're always welcome and there's nothing you have to you have to do and when you go when i went to mediums meetings there was always just completely above board no one asked for anything so i just want to make sure that uh people understand from my point of view it's a very 
Uh, I've never had anything except good experiences in any spiritist group in the United States or in Brazil. And then my wife has also been to spiritist groups in Spain, which she's also had uh, great experiences. So, what is a doctrine? So, uh, there, within this doctrine of spiritism, there is a moral code. I am personally, and I believe the spirit world, is personally against the whole you know, this modern age moral relativism, which is, okay, you know, if you believe in cannibalism and your culture believes in it, that's okay. No, it's not, you know, right? It, it, there are things that just aren't right. And that's because there's a set of divine laws implemented into each of, each of us. It's called the conscience. We are given the conscience and also our instinct as a, as a, as a path back to all our previous lives. Our conscience is like a set of a law library that becomes more and more filled in, more understanding of the gray areas between right and wrong. Because look, life on earth, life on, you know, and once you become a high spirit and you're directing planets, there's no such thing as black and white, even the spirit world. There's always complex things, there's complex problems. And therefore, as a gift from God, we have our conscience. And also, but as life after life, we improve our conscience, we improve our instincts, and we understand how to interpret certain events. Therefore, one of the best things we can do is start following our conscience. So, whereas our desire for material goods often masks our good intentions, we do realize what we should or should not have done by listening to our conscience. And this is precisely the basis for a struggle on earth. And once we are able to follow the dictates of our conscience, which is love, charity, and selflessness, we shall leave this period of education and begin the next. Hopefully, all of us together can ascend to a planet of regeneration. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So, now let's talk about what the Spiritism tells us about who and what is God. Now, in this book, the first question, question one of, I think, 1,012. I can't remember how many questions. I just know this. Anyway, there's like 1,012. There we go. 1,000 and, let me look it up because I have to know. 1,019 questions that were posed by Alan Kardec to the spirits. And, of course, what Alan Kardec did is he didn't just uh, post this to, like, you know, one medium's table. He gave this... Same questions to mediums throughout Europe, France, other countries, and only wrote the answers down if he got similar answers from different mediums who didn't know of each other and, and etc. So it's much different than what you read in a lot of modern literature where someone say, I'm channeling this spirit, whatever. Not to say that there's that there's a lot of good information from these other spirits, but this is kind of this is all from the spirit of truth, as I said before in our last Sunday, all from the consoler, right? The spirit of truth as, as Jesus promised us in the New Testament. So, the question one was, is, what is God? Don't we all think about that? What is God, right? And, if, and, and then, of course, I, you know, I, as a teenager, I said, well, if there's a God, who made God? And, I, and I've kind of learned not to even go beyond there because that's, that's not going to work, right? <laughs> so, the, and this is the answer. God is the supreme intelligence, the first cause of all things. Alan Kardec listed six attributes about God. Here's what he said. God is eternal. If he had a beginning, he must either have had sprung from nothing or have been created by some being anterior to himself. It is thus that, step by step, we arrive at the idea of infinity and eternity. Two, God is unchangeable. If he were subject to change, the laws which rule the universe would have no stability. Three, God is immaterial. That is to say, his nature differs from everything we call matter or otherwise. He would not be unchangeable, for he would be subject to the transformations of matter. I, th I, th I believe Alan Kardec really thought this through very well. God is unique, number four. If there were several gods, there would be neither unity of plan nor unity of power in the ordaining of the universe. Five, 
God is all-powerful because he is unique. If he did not possess sovereign power, there would be something more powerful or no less powerful than himself. He would not have created all things, and those which he had not created would be the work of another God. 6. God is sovereignty, just and good. The The providential wisdom of the divine laws is revealed as clearly in the smallest things as the greatest, and this wisdom renders it impossible to doubt either his justice or his goodness. So the spiritist concept of God is not unlike others postulated by various religions. Given all of the above, we really still don't understand God, only that the concept of what God truly is, is beyond us. Alan Kardec asks the same question in question 10. Can man comprehend the essential nature of God? Yes, and he used the, um, he used the scientific method, absolutely. Thank you, Hendrik. You're absolutely right. He, that's, he was a very disciplined uh, person. So, the answer to the question 10, can man comprehend God, the nature of God, is no, he lacks the sense required for comprehending it. Next, he poses the question that we all ask after trying but failing to understand the nature of God. Question 11, will man ever be able to comprehend the mystery of the divinity? And his answer is, when his mind shall no longer be obscured by matter, and when by his perfection he shall have brought himself nearer to God, he will see and comprehend him. So, sometime in the far future, we shall be able to understand the divine being that is responsible for our creation. But, what I have read in the books by G. Owen, and I talk about that in my series of three books, Heaven and Below, Spirits and Spirit Universe, and How We Are Guided by Spirits, is even... And, and, and I was, use this numbering system, and as the spirits told the Reverend G. Val Owen, they said, we're using this numbering system just to place us in, you know, for all the spirits that come and talk to you, there were many spirits that came and talked to G. Val Owen, is just so, you know, we can keep a, a, a good numbering system. Other people use other numbering systems, et cetera. But essentially what they were saying is there's different levels of heaven, just like there's different le- levels of the uh, the umbral or lower zone, and then the dark abyss below that. And that even in those levels, and what they say like levels one through 10 is when you're still, you're still kind of going to school, you're learning. And then after level 10, you're really learning how to create, how to really, you're getting the discipline to create with your mind, which is very important. But what they say, even in those le- levels, we really don't understand God yet very interesting isn't it so even these people who are vastly superior to at least me for that i know for sure even they really don't understand god now the other interesting point is in these same books in these same communications reverend g Vowen, they also talk about okay how does god give us orders and how are those done so what they talk about they talk about you know, the uh, group of very high spirits of which Jesus is one. And that, the, and they're not sure if orders come from someone higher than them. It probably is. But somehow they, they're, you know, they're kind of broad strass of, of orders. Um, that's kind of how they described it. And then they're interpreted. And, and then it's, it's just like any organization, right? You get a director from the CEO saying, Oh, uh, you know, I think we need to increase our profit. And then people below them say, okay, how can we increase the profit? So we do this and this. And then people below them say, okay, how can we get this done? And everyone, they, they start creating more and more detailed plans. So what they say, it kind of works like this. Directives are brought down. So, you know, sometimes they could be, you know, very succinct. I, I don't know. I, I didn't read that. All I just read it was directives are brought down. And then spirits, the higher spirits that are very, very mature, Almost, you know, they're completely, they have no matter, their their energy. To us, we couldn't see them, they'd be so bright. They interpret that, and then they have other people um, interpret more and more as they get down. And then they, the, for what I also read is, then they, they go back and they ask, okay, are we doing the right thing? And they get feedback. That's my understanding What from what spirits talked to the Reverend Chief Owen. So it's amazing when you when you read about the processes of heaven, it's like, well, we have a lot of those processes. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our managers, you know, they're they're not people you even like and they're greedy and selfish. But in heaven, 
when people are in charge, they are humble and they should be in charge because it is truly a meritocracy, right? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could live like that, which we shall one day if we can all raise ourselves in our faith uh, and, and our spirituality, which I'm certainly we will do. And hopefully we are coming onto it. That's what Spiritism says. We are now at the beginning of the stage of trying to become a planet of regeneration. We shall see. I even wrote a book about the thousand-year march. Some people think it's going to happen pretty quickly. I look at the world and I think, eh, a thousand years probably may even be too optimistic, but I'm not sure. Don't let me influence you. You think what you need to, th what you should think. You're probably better than I am. I'm sure you are. So now let's talk about what is a spirit. Isn't that interesting? Because we all want to know, right? Because basically we are spirits, right? We are spirits. And this physicalness, this, this body I have, right? This balding head and, you know, this fat body I have uh, is connected to my spirit, which is vastly superior in intelligence than I am, by via the paraspirit. And the paraspirit kind of covers me like an invisible diving suit, right? And it's connected to all sorts of, you know, every cell is is is, uh, is connected to that paraspirit. So I also want to tell you, we are immortal. Our our character, our personality doesn't change. We don't, to me, I don't know about you, but to me, that was always one of my fears when I die. You're like, what, what if I die? Or let's say someone shoots me in the head. Am I going to go to heaven as an idiot or something like that with half my brain gone? And the answer is no. Your brain is just the organic matter of what's the paraspirit has this tunnel of data. And this tunnel of data is pretty tight. It's like you have a poor internet connection and you're just getting every other word. That's kind of how, that's kind of the limitation of where we are. We'll be much faster and smarter. And um, I'm sure I'll be more handsome when I go to the spirit world. That's, at least that's my hope. So, but how are spirits created? Isn't that interesting? And, and you know, and so question 81, are spirits formed spontaneously or do they proceed from one another? And this is what they said in the spirit book. God created them as he creates other creatures by his will, but must repeat again that their origin is a mystery. Now, therefore, according to the spirit's book, we don't know exactly how he started. As you become a higher spirit, you shall have the ability to remember more and more of your past lives in history. But I have never heard or read any report coming from the spirit world concerning the first beginning of the spirit. But I have read some hints in, in the books by Chico Xavier and in the books by the Reverend G. Val Owen that were all psychographed, right? Not that they wrote them. And what is said then is that they, is they believe that we, we start from a little spark of intelligence. And so if you look at this, if you look at this like software, then a lot of times, when I think of, of God, when I try to understand him in my own limited, primitive way here on earth, I think of God as the overall operating system, right? So if you have an iPhone or an Android phone, there's an operating system. And all the little things are all controlled by it. And then if you think of a spirit, it's like this little bit of intelligence. Because, look, what we are told is everything has been created by thought. Our earth has been created by thought. These walls, this microphone I'm talking through right now is created by thought. Things are held together by thought. We live in this almost matrix-like world. To us, it's very real. It's, it's solid, but it's not really. So I believe that we start from these little, little subroutines, if we say little, little logical thoughts, right, that they put together. And then as they go on and on, billions, trillions of years, I don't know how long, and they're given more and more somehow, somehow, you know, via either, you know, analog, you know, stimuli or whatever, they grow of importance, they're given more responsibility. And then, you know, you go into, into little microorganism, viruses, bacteria, animals. And then eventually we are, it said, okay, you're now smart enough. You have a character and personality. You're now smart enough. We'll put you as a human and give you free will. Because before that, 
Everything was instinct or just direct orders. Now that is my idea. So other people have other ideas. So let's see. Hendrick says, we are a cumulative reflection of parts of our characters from all our lives. Yes, and I think, I think that's true. I, and I think that it is interesting is you'll see even from Jeeva Owen to Chico Xavier, they'll use the same phrase to describe what a, a, a person, a spirit is. They will say it's a personality. And when we say personality, we say, oh, that person's a personality, you know. But I think when they say personality, is they're really saying a distinct set of attributes of that person, their motivations, their past lives, their loves, their desires, their lack of discipline or their good discipline or their selfishness or their unselfishness, all these things form a personality. See, personally, I believe that we all split from God itself, each one inheriting one aspect, traits of different companies. And I think there's truth in that too, is that we are all, and that's why we have the conscience. We have these things that give us a direct link to God. And so there's, there's God infused in all of us. And the question is, how do we become what we are? How do we become this distinct personality? And I think that's where Hendrick is, is saying that we are, we are a cumulative effect. And I also believe what you're saying, Matthew, is that, yes, we are all infused with that, that, that peace of God, that, that gift of God, right? That conscious, the instinct, that, that spark of, of, of life. And yet we are given free will to mold that into, you know, either someone is going to take a lot of reincarnations, probably like me, to get to where they need to go, or someone is going to do it very fast. Now, the other thing I'd like to talk about, spirits, is unlike, so when we talk, let's say U.S. Constitution, for someone to say, we're all men are created equal. Now, we know that in our hearts, that they're saying all men are created equal because everyone should be equal under the law, right? Because we're not really created equal physically right some of us some men like me i could never play basketball i could not be a olympic speed skater i can't be olympic anything i was not created equal to an olympic to olympic champion right but in the spirit world what we are told is all spirits have the capacity for whatever they want they all have the same capacity spirits are created equal that how they form themselves may be different, how fast they rise or not, but they all could be artists, uh, you know, uh, mathematical geniuses, wh whatever they want. If they want to so focus on that path, they, as a spirit, we are really equal, but we're not equal in maturity, right? And we're not equal in different things, in different learnings, in educational paths which we decided to pursue according to our own free will. Does that make sense? It's very exciting. That's what spiritism tells you so much. So anyway, now what I just said, have I read that exactly what it says in the spirits in, in all the different, you know, Books by Alan Kardec, Chico Xavier, Devaldo Franco, Yvonne Pierre, Reverend Yvonne. Did it say exactly that? No. What I've done is I extrapolated and interpolated what I believe it to be. So I'm sure other people may have better ideas, but that's what I believe. So it's very, you know, it's, to me, it's just, that's why spiritism is so exciting. So let's carry on with what the spirits books say, because really that's the headwaters, right? That's where it all began. So the spirit form. In question 88 is have souls a determinate or circumscribed and unvarying form. And what the answer is not for eyes such as yours, but for us, they have a form, the only one only to be vaguely imagined by you as a flame, a gleam or an ethereal spark. So, Again, that's true, but there's, as what's so great about spiritism is, is mediums like Jeeva Owen, 
Devaldo Franco, Chico Xavier. He's giving us more information, right? Because, look, spirits, low spirits, let's say in the lower zone, have more matter. Well, as humans, we are a preponderant of matter and a little bit of energy. As spirits, the lower spirits have more matter and less energy. And as you go up, the ratios reverse, right? You have less matter and more energy as, until at such time you become very, very high spirit and you are pure energy. Now, this pure energy will appear as whatever form that they think they have. They, have, they wear whatever form, whatever clothes, they can change their form, etc. So, yes, they do have a form, but only one vaguely imagined by us. Or one which they want us to see. One of the things really interesting in NDEs, they always say, okay, I had an NDE, and there was my, you know, my cousin Dorothy, and my, you know, and my, my uncle, you know, Jerome or whatever. But then, then this, like, this angel came. And it was all bright, right? And of course, when everything's bright, that's why I think a lot of times why when people had these back in the old times, that's why they thought angels had wings because it the, the brightness, you know, is like their head's there and it's kind of fuzzy and their body's kind of fuzzy. Um, and that's why they thought they had wings, I'm sure. Not that some of them may have not come purposely to show that. It may have happened. So what I'm trying to say is the brightness is a factor of the amount of love and spiritual maturity a spirit has. The higher they are, the brighter they are. Not because they're like a light bulb that shines through, but because their body, their, their thinking, their personality reflects the love of God that's pervasive throughout the spirit world, and it comes back to, to uh, us inferior eyes as a bright light. That's why a spirit, as I, I said before, can only roam on the level they are at or below. If they try to go to a higher level, it's too bright. They, they can't uh, take the atmosphere. So, in essence, we are energy with some matter thrown in, depending on our level. The other thing is, in the spirit world, we can move at the speed of thought, right? Articulate, leisurely walk. It all depends on what we're thinking. In the spirit world, thought is action. So let me repeat again. This is like the most important thing. And this, this explains why we go through this rigorous training on earth. Thought is action. When you go to the spirit world, your mind, as you go higher and higher, can do marvelous things. In Reverend Z. Vowell, when they're talking about four or five spirits get together, they'll create a whole building, a whole edifice. They'll create the edifice. Then they'll create the inside all by their thought. They will take the universal fluid. They'll mold it, right? They'll have like a blueprint. They'll mold it what they want to do. And then they'll bring a higher, higher spirit, look at it and say, okay, no, this needs to be changed. That needs to be changed, etc." And they will work with that higher spirit and create that building into whatever it should have been in the first place. G, Reverend G. Vowen's mother, who was on like one of the first levels of heaven, was talking about how she was being trained for her thoughts. So when you go to the spirit world, you too will start being trained how to use your thoughts. Of course, some of you may be higher spirits. I'm sure all of you are higher than I am. And you may, when you go back to, real, to this real world, the spirit world, you already know how to do this. But others of us will be trained how to use our mind to create. Now, imagine if we had that here on earth. It would just be completely chaos, right? Would you trust anybody with that power? No, absolutely not. That's why we are going through this tough life on earth. And that's why whenever you meet someone who wants to do away with themselves or trying to give up, try to help them as much as possible because they're just missing another chance to train, right? You know, you don't want to leave the campus early, for God's sakes, please don't. So, again, this is one of the most important lessons that Spiritism supplies us. Here, in our physical form, we learn that if we can just keep our mouth shut, everything will be okay, right? Our, our, as our mother said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say it. 
not true in the other world. Therefore, here on earth, in this chaotic location, we need to bear down and also learn how to control our thoughts. Because if we can control our thoughts here in this environment, boy, can we do it better in the spirit world. You can't just do good works and appear to like your fellow humans. You must feel love and fraternity from the bottom of your heart. Very interesting information written by Emanuel Swedenberg talking about that thing where he's talking about doing uh, selfless acts, right? He goes, no, anybody can do a selfless act. It can appear selfless, but unless you're, you really are thinking of doing a charitable or selfless act, he says, then he went through a whole list. You're like, okay, a politician did this for uh, a group of people, but not because he wanted to or felt that he should, but he wanted to build up credibility in the future so we could get you know benefit from that. So that's why it all comes from our thoughts. If we if we can do that better, it will it will really make a difference in our subsequent lives. Now, where do spirits live? Again, a really good question that. Alan Kardec asked. This is why Alan Kardec is just he, the right person to picked. Of course, a lot of people say that Alan Kardec was Chico Xavier and other people, but I won't, I won't get into that. So the answer is everywhere. The entire universe will someday be yours to roam. The higher you ascend, as I said before, the larger your range. Now, in question 87, do spirits occupy a determinate and circumstance region in space now here's the answer spirits are everywhere the infinitudes of space are peopled with them in infinite numbers unperceived by you they are incessantly beside you observing and acting upon you for spirits are one of the powers of nature and you are the instruments employed by god for the accomplishment of his providential designs but all spirits do not go everywhere there are regions of which the entrance is interdicted to those who are less advanced, which I had said before. So, unbeknownst to most of us, we swim in a sea of spirits. This is one of the great revelations that I had with spiritism, is we're not alone. And uh, if you like your, uh, your privacy, uh, forget it, right? You're, there's always spirits around you. And there are good, bad, and indifferent spirits. We're all able to detect our presence and know what we are thinking. This too is part of our training, right? Spirits always are interfering with our thought processes. They're trying to, some spirits are trying to obsess us. Trying, some spirits are trying to help us. The good spirits are trying to help us, etc. This is part of the disciplined training we need to go through. So in our minds, when our minds become obsessed over something that's unhealthy, we have to say, oh, stop. Okay, I'm going to stop that. I'm not going to think that. That's really hard. Believe me. Uh, I've tried it. I'm sure other, other people have tried it. It's hard to stop yourself sometimes from thinking, you know, bad things about people who did you wrong or things you want and you didn't get or someone who got in your way. Um, but you can do it. It's taken me years and I'm getting better and I'm not, not there yet, but you can do it. And I talk a lot about that in my book, How to Live. Uh, so... Again, we must f f learn not to pick up other thoughts and let them affect us and affect our drive to perform what our conscience tells us is right. For there are many. Well, let's see. Well, I got another. Kind of guessing that lower our immature spirits are stuck on earth and higher ones are less restricted and go around in space. Absolutely. That's exactly what I've been trying to to uh, say, oh, and then also Christiane, good evening. Oh, good evening to you, Christiane. Yes, so let's talk about that for a second, uh, Matthew. So in spiritism, this is what's so interesting, the law of, of affinity. The law of affinity places us with others like us. They group like to like. Similar personalities, similar spiritual maturity, um, etc., so as there's different levels in heaven, there's different levels in the lower zone, you cannot rise because of the law of affinity and also you don't have the spiritual maturity. As I said before, you cannot rise above your highest level, but you can roam down below. So as you go higher and higher, your sphere of being able to roam and go different places is greatly enlarged.
And that's one of the um, reasons, like the spirit world doesn't say, look, you, when you go to heaven, you have to go to college, you have to learn, you have to rise. And if you don't, within a year, you're going to get a dunce hat, a dunce cap, right? They're not going to say that. If you want to stay parked at a level of heaven or the lower zone for as long as you want, you have that right. You have free will. But they tell us these things. Okay, the higher you go, the more power you have. The, and they'll take you, if you're interested, they'll take you to the higher city sometimes. This is, this is what's there for you, right? Because they know they can't motivate you by saying, if you don't do this, you're in trouble. They, they never do that. They, say, they, motivate, they know that to motivate you, you have to motivate yourself. And they say, okay, here is the reward if you would like to take it. If you don't, God bless you, right? That's how that works. So, um, so and the other thing is, we also say that, you know, also we can't see spirits. As I said before, we can only see about one-eighth around us. Now, there are some people who actually can see spirits. And they are mediums with an ability to view the spirit form. For the rest of us, we walk through the presence of spirits blind to their existence. Now, I talked to this one guy who is um, a medium. Uh, it, in here in Rio, it's a couple of years back, and he could see spirits. And he was telling us that he, when in the spirit, uh, spiritist uh, meetings, there's a whole group, right? There's maybe like a hundred people in this hall listening to this person give a talk, and then afterwards they're they're put in groups of like eight or I can't remember how many, and they go to this room and then they're given passes. Now passes are when a spirit stands behind a human operator and let's say i'm standing up and then i who went to the lecture would be would sit down in a chair and the spirit would be behind the, the human and they would give passes then and they would fuse your infuse your body by using the filter of a human body to give you what you need as far as universal fluid that's that's customized for your needs so he saw the spirits working as they were doing this and he said that as soon as you entered that room where they give passes and you enter a room single file and you go to a chair the spirits would actually lead that person to the chair to the human operator that would best fit that person so it was already predetermined what chair you're going to be and of course i being the way i am next time i went i'll go to that no i'll go to this chair and i probably still ended up where i should have been but i just wanted to see if i could you know that's why I'm still an immature spirit. I want to see if I could decide for myself. Probably I didn't. I probably just fooled myself. But so he said, when he saw the spirits, they move like fast robots. It was like everything was just a up tempo that, and it was like precise moments, right? Movements, I should say. And it just like it was just everything. So you can just see, um, very interesting, is it not? So. And of course, then people like Devaldo Franco, you can see spirits. Uh, and, and, you know, you'll see, and then uh, Chico Xavier, guess what? They never drive, right? They'll have someone drive them because, you know, Chico, um, you know, he'd come up and say, you know, there's a story about him coming to, to say to this person, oh, welcome here. And I see your mother's here. And, and then he said, well, my mother's dead. Oh, okay. And then he'd come up to another person and goes, are you alive or dead, right? Because he wasn't sure. And he couldn't, he couldn't see the difference sometimes. He'd get confused. And, uh, and the person said, no, no, I'm alive. Oh, you know, thank good. So, and then also he told me a story, the, the medium could see spirits, that there's this other guy that works in uh, uh, a government office, you know, where people come to the window and they get questions. And that his uh, working compatriots would, if he saw, if they saw him talking to nobody there, They'd say, I think you're talking to a spirit. And go, oh, okay, thank you. So just giving you some, you know, uh, interesting tidbits about, you know, about spirits and how, how they are. So, so we were told that there's spirits everywhere, and which is interesting, and, and then space is not empty. There's, there's all over the place, which, you know, and... If you've ever read uh, Genesis, right, which is one of Alan Kardec's books, not, not the Genesis in the Bible, um, is that they even kind of foreshadow string theory, 
right? They say, no, everything's vibrations and harmony and motion. Everything's vibration and light moves by, by vibration. And, um, and of course, then we found out light does move by, by vibration. And string theory, it says, yeah, the whole universe is all strings. It's all there. We just can't see it, right? It's in a form that we don't understand. So very interesting. So yeah, um, there's a lot there. So I believe that, you know, we are multi multiple dimensions, right? And also I like to say, in the Spirit's book, in some of the psychology review that by Deck, one of the things when I first read in the Spirit book is that they go, well, you know, there's life on Jupiter. And I go, well, no, there's not life on Jupiter. Or there's not life on Mars. We know that. That's impossible. This is, this is all wrong. Well, as I begin to understand Spiritism, there is, but there is in a different dimension where those planets are represented in a different manner. So you can't just see this, our solar system, with our planets. Because there's also, when our Earth becomes a planet of regeneration, there still may be an Earth there that's a planet of atonement, but we may just be in a different dimension. We may just be raised. It's, I, I believe, and, and, and again, anybody can disagree with me, that we are in such a complex data structure that and there's things coming at us and there's references to all sorts of data and that and that there is just so many things possible that they're beyond our imagination right and that our thoughts you know affect the area around us it's very exciting to to think of the power and the complexity is beyond any fantasy science fiction novel that you could ever read is you know is the spirit world it makes the force in the star wars as you know nothing compared to what is actually true it is so amazing so i want to end here because i'm almost done with the hour and i didn't and the next topic for next week is the level of spirits and there's a lot of information in there given to you by alan kardec that i want pe people to listen to and understand um again Please tell your friends about Spiritism. You, you know, don't force it on them, of course. It's all just information there. You know, I always kind of tippy-toe and I see they're not interested. You know, I don't, I don't broach the subject. Um, but tell your friends about it if you can. Tell them about, share this video, share other videos on Kardec Facebook page. It's a great Facebook page, all sorts of information there. Uh, go to my site, NW Spiritism. Subscribe to the YouTube or BitChute channels. I'm hoping that will give you a lot of good information. And then if you have, you know, on my uh, videos or here when I'm talking on Sunday nights, do like what other people are doing right now, like Matthew and, and uh, Hendrick and so forth and everyone else. Ask questions. We can always change. Oh, I think I lost connection for one second. So anyway, if you, okay, yeah, my picture disappeared for a second, but uh, who knows? I'm sure there's a lot of people using the internet on Easter, so I'm actually surprised this is actually working as well as it is. So I want to say God bless all of you. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your Easter, whatever time zone you're in, and um, thank you so much. God bless. <music>